0: As you see, I'd like to talk about repentance, about seeing, and believing. This uh, key verse here, Matthew 21:32, For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent, or King James says, repent and believe him. Where, does this, where was this verse found? What, what, what did this follow? Let's turn in our Bibles to, to this passage. Matthew 21, we'll begin reading in verse 28. I've always been fascinated with this, this uh, story about these two sons. Matthew 21, verse 28. But what do you think? A man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go. Work today in my vineyard. And he, the son, answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, likewise. He said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And he, the second son, answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. So back to the first question Jesus asked, what do you think? Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, The first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. I find this fascinating. One, said, one son said, I will not do it. But then he changed his mind. He regretted it. He repented. And went after all. The second son said, I will, but didn't. There's three points I'd like us to take note of. Number one, doing the will of the Father. Number two, the way you end matters. And the third one, the ability to change our mind. So, the first one, doing the will of the Father. Which son did the Father's will? That was the point. The point that Jesus was making was doing the Father's will. That's one point Jesus was making. That's what matters. Not just what you say, but what you do. One son said, I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. But then he changed his mind. The other son said, I will, but didn't. What really matters is the one who ended up doing it. That's the important one. The importance of doing the will of the Father. It's not just what you say. I don't there are a few things that are more disappointing to me than when someone says, I will do that. And you wait, and they don't do it. And you wait, and, and they don't do it. They committed themselves. I will do that. And, and uh, if you're in a position of leadership, and, and somebody says, I'll do that for you, you scratch it off your list. It's a relief, because you can scratch it off your list. But then they don't do it. And then they don't do it. How disappointing, how disheartening it is when you cannot depend on somebody to do what they said they would, to do what they committed themselves to do. It is so disappointing. It is no less disappointing to our Heavenly Father when we say we want to do his will, and then we don't. In this verse, in our theme verse, it says, John came to you in the way of righteousness. What is the way of righteousness? Well, I looked up how John came. It said he came in the wilderness, and he was baptizing a baptism of repentance. So the way of righteousness, he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand got that? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what he said. The way of righteousness. So what is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is doing the will of the Father. That's included. That's the big thing about the kingdom of heaven. It's doing the will of the Father. The kingdom of God is doing the will of the Father. And so, when someone isn't doing the will of the Father, then they are not; they cannot really be considered in the kingdom, a part of the kingdom. And so to whatever extent we aren't doing the will of the Father, there needs to be repentance. There needs to be righteousness. We need to go in the way of righteousness. We need to repent. And the point is to, to do the will of the Father to whatever extent we have not been. So the Pharisees and and the scribes uh, came to John the Baptist in his baptism, and he he, he called them uh, vipers. He called them snakes. He said, Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And he says, Repent and bear fruits worthy of repentance. That was the point. Bearing fruits worthy of repentance. In other words, what you do is what matters. That's the way of righteousness, where we are becoming righteous. Jesus also said the same thing uh, when he said, uh, he came and he said, repent, the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. The next word that Jesus said in, in the Gospel of, of uh, Mark, the next word that he that are in red, he said, follow me. So there's repentance in order for us to, he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, so we repent, and then we follow him. And when we follow him, we do what he does. Doing the will of the, Jesus was all about doing the will of the Father. He says, I only say what the Father tells me to say. I only do what the Father tells me to do. He was all about the will of the Father. And so as we follow him, we do the same thing. Jesus also said, uh, not not just those who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom, but those who do the will of the Father. And And he likened it to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Those who hear these sayings of mine and do them, Jesus said, I liken them to a wise man who built his house on... In other words, your life will be secure. Your life is on a rock. And and that is doing the will of the Father. Now, as we think of these two sons, there's two categories there. One who says, um, I won't, and then ends up doing. Second category is those who say, I will, and don't. But there's really, in life, there are really two more categories... One is, sadly, those who say, I won't and never do. That's the worst. Well, I don't know if it's the worst, but that's a bad one. To me, it's just as maybe even better than the one that says, I will and doesn't. Those are the two bad ones. But the fourth category is the one who says, I will and does it. And that's what I'm inviting us to today. Be though of those who say, I will do the will of the Father, and then do it. (coughs) Committed and faithful. So there's not just the two options. There's really four options. I will, and do it, is the one that we want to go for. Don't just say the right thing, but do the will of the Father. Okay, the second one here, the second point I want to make, the way you end matters. The way someone ends matters. Don't look around at your brothers and sisters and say, hey, they're not on the right track. Don't write them off. We tend to so quickly write people off. But what we forget is that they can change their mind. They have the ability to change their mind, to see it and believe and to change their mind don't cut, we we tend to cut people off so quickly. Jesus did not do that. Jesus moved toward people. He moved toward people. Whether they were on the right track or not, he moved toward them. Always move toward people, regardless which of those categories they are in. We are to love God by loving people. Always move toward people. Don't write people off. Don't Cut them off. Remember, you don't know which one of those will afterward regret it and do the will of the Father. They have the ability to change. And don't assume that you are in the right category. Don't assume things about yourself. And don't assume things about others. Because you don't know the way that they end matters. The way you end matters. The direction you are moving matters. The way we end is what matters. He that is faithful to the end will be saved, Jesus said. All right, I want to spend most of the time on number three, the ability to change. The ability to change our minds. This is such a gift, the ability to change our mind. It's a gift, and so repentance is a gift and an attitude. So to help us remember that, I'd like for you to use your hands. The gift, put your hand, your right hand over your heart. When somebody gives a gift, you say, You let it sink into your heart, and you say, thank you. It's a gift. Repentance is a gift. Now, it's also an attitude. Put your left hand up to your head. An attitude is how you think. The predominant, whether it's in the forefront of your mind or in the back of your mind, it's it's how you think. So, the gift and the attitude. Thank you. Remember that. Repentance is the gift and the attitude. That is what repentance is. It's such an awesome gift, an awesome privilege. It's such a blessing to be able to change our minds. Now, we might not look at that, and we give some people who, people who are changing their minds all the time, we kind of give them a hard time, And often we think of changing our minds as a sign of weakness, but it isn't necessarily. The ability to change our minds is a good thing. It's a gift. And it's necessary because we came into life with a lot of wrong assumptions. We were born thinking life was about us. I mean, why wouldn't we think that? We go, wah, and here comes the bottle. Or, wah, and here comes mama. You know, life is about us. And we need to change our minds. And to keep changing our minds. God is infinitely higher than us. And so he thinks differently than we do. And the more we grow, the more we... uh, uh, the longer we live, the more we'll find out we need to keep changing our minds. Changing, being able to change our minds is a gift. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a good thing. Attitude is a mindset. It's a lifestyle. And uh, Psalm 51 is a perfect one. That attitude, a broken and a contrite heart, just going through life with that. That brokenness, that surrender, that contrition, that quick to confess, quick to repent, that is the attitude that we want. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, the gift. Did I skip? I, I skipped something here. Uh, the gospel, the good news, gospel means good news, but the good news of the kingdom always came by repentance. Mark 1:14 and 15, Jesus says, Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And verse 15 says, Jesus said, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is, is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. So whenever the gospel was presented, whenever the good news was presented, the message was repent. That's fascinating to me. But John the Baptist said it. Jesus said it. Peter said it. When he went about to establish on his first, when the church was was started, Peter said it. He said, repent and believe. So... Uh, when the good news of the gospel is presented, it has to, we we enter into that good news and we receive that good news by repentance. By change of mind. I just wanted to to make that point. All right, the gift. The gift is the changing of mind. The, The definition of Repentance. Here I have a number of definitions of repentance, the gift of repentance. So we change our mind. It's, it's uh, to think differently. And it is a turning from sin. It is to stop sinning. You might want to write some of these things down in our, for our discussion after, after the message during our Sunday school time. Uh, the change of mind The turning from sin. In other words, we stop sinning. That's a a gift. We don't have to keep on sinning. We are able to stop. Jesus provided what we need. The Holy Spirit came, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able. That is the good news. Now, I'm just going to go back to here. You've got to believe it. If you don't believe the good news, you won't stop sinning. Okay? It's that clear. You have to, and back here, it's about seeing it and repenting and believing Him, what Jesus said, what He did, what He provided, who He is. It, that's, it's all one package of believing it, seeing it, and believing, and sometimes we have to believe it before we actually see it. But Jesus, in this case, he was rebuking the Pharisees because they saw the tax collectors and harlots believe and be changed, and they still, they saw it, he said. They saw it, and they still did not repent. And they still did not believe the good news. So, repent and believe in the gospel. So the gift is that we are able to change our thinking. And we are able to stop sinning. So many people don't stop sinning because they think they can't. They do not believe they can. But the good news, the gospel of the kingdom is, because of Jesus, we now can. We have to change our thinking. We have to change our mind. We need to turn from sin. Another thing that repentance is, is agreeing with God, saying, I am wrong, God, you're right. Agreeing with God in whatever it is. I am wrong, God, you're right. And even if we're confused and we're not necessarily knowing what we think, we agree with God. We're safe in always agreeing with God, saying, God, you're right. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Uh, Repentance also includes confessing our sins. Now, this is something everybody can do. I know because we are all good at confessing sin. Did you know that? Every person is good at confessing sin. The problem is we're good at confessing other people's sins. What we need to start doing is changing our thinking and start confessing our own sin. That's where we will make progress in confessing our own sin. And it's such a gift! Such a gift! If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Such a gift! Such a privilege! I just, I just want to give the picture this morning of the beautiful opportunity, the wonderful gift we have of repentance, of changing our minds, of turning from sin, of agreeing with God, and confessing our sin. The other thing, the other gift we have is remorse, being sorry for our sin. This is a beautiful gift that we have the ability to have remorse. Remorse, remorse, gives us motivation to not keep sinning. Welcome remorse. Appreciate the gift that remorse is. It helps motivate. Now the reason we don't like remorse is remorse doesn't feel good. And we're Americans. If you don't feel good, pop a pill. Do drugs. Drink an alcoholic drink. Do something to feel good all the time. We do not like to not feel good, but welcome remorse. Remorse is a good thing. Be okay with feeling sad. It does wonders. It does wonders. It is such a gift. Restitution. Now, not all sin, we, we are, this is limited. We are not able to make restitution for all our sins. Uh, some is it's just, there's just nothing you can do you you steal something you can give it back uh, but you you say something bad about someone or you can go apologize but you can't unsay it so this is limited but in the ways that we can do restitution it is such a blessing it's a part of repentance it is such a gift believing and receiving forgiveness is a part of repentance as well such a gift Give up on trying to make up for your sins. Give up on trying to pay for your sin. Just humble yourself. Say, there's nothing I can do. I will simply believe and receive forgiveness. Dependence. Repentance, repentance is an on... And this takes us into the attitude of repentance. It's an ongoing attitude of dependence that's the attitude of repentance depending on God learning how unable we are to save ourselves so repent and believe the gospel repent and believe the good news so when you read repent and believe the gospel the good news, you could say, change your mind and believe the gospel. Turn from sin and believe the gospel. Agree with God and believe the gospel. Confess your sins and believe, your gosp- and believe the gospel. Be remorseful for your sins and believe the gospel. Do restitution in the ways you can for your sin and believe the gospel. Receive forgiveness and believe the gospel. Be dependent on him and believe the gospel. All those things are included in repentance. Repent and believe the gospel. Now, a little bit about the attitude. Repentance is a gift, it's an attitude, it's a continuing attitude seeing and believing, continuing to see and believe. an attitude of believing and changing my mind. What do I believe? What do I see? Now, we have so many voices in the world today. We hear so many things, and so many people are telling us. Some people tell us this. Some people tell us that. What do we believe? Believe Jesus. Believe his word. Believe Jesus. Believe God's word. And when you're reading God's word, say, I'm going to believe this. And when you don't understand it, it doesn't make sense to you. The number one thing to go to to explain God's word is not your friend, not even your preacher, not not anything like that. The number one thing to go to, to to understand what God's word is saying is the rest of God's word. So when you don't understand something that you're reading, read the rest of God's word to help you understand. There's also the Holy Spirit. Now, so we read God's word. The rest of his word interprets that. The Holy Spirit, and we do have godly leaders, and your church body will help you understand that. The next thing we we need to listen to is the Holy Spirit. And whenever we hear from the Holy Spirit, we can always compare it with God's word. To, to see if it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never say anything that contradicts with God's Word. So we have God's Word first of all, then we have the Holy Spirit, and then we have godly leaders. Go to godly leaders, especially fathers. Mothers have their place. Learn from mothers, but especially godly father fi- figures. Those in authority, spiritual male authority, God's Word, the Holy Spirit, godly leaders, and the end of the list is circumstances. God does speak through circumstances, but that's way down at the bottom of the list. It has to come in the right order. David had an attitude of repentance. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me. He had a longing. He had a repentant attitude. He was quick. He was a man after God's own heart, and I think it's because he was a repentant person. He wasn't perfect. He made many big mistakes, but he was repentant. He had that attitude. He was a man after God's own heart. When God said it, he believed it. He saw it. When God said it, he saw it and he believed it. Seeing it and believing it. Believing what God says. Can't emphasize that too much. Read it and believe it, what God says. What Jesus says, Paul also had that attitude. He said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He saw his tendency. And he says, not that I already have attained, but he wanted to keep growing. In Revelation, the letter to the seven churches, five of the seven churches had to repent, had to change their thinking. So it's a common problem. And especially the Laodicean church was lukewarm. And the problem with lukewarmness is they didn't even know their spiritual poverty. It says they were wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, and they didn't know it. And it's in this context, the letter to the lukewarm Laodicean church that Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. The verse before that says repent. So That's a precious verse. Jesus knocks at our door. But the context is, he's saying, repent. We open the door to Jesus by repentance. It's such a gift. And we open the door by repentance, and he comes in, and we have fellowship with him. What a gift. Now, the point of repentance, of course, is to stop sinning. We don't want to have an ongoing attitude of repentance for the same sin that we'd never left. That isn't repentance. So the point of repentance is to turn from it and to stop sinning. But we need to keep this attitude because of our tendency and because of the sins we haven't even become aware of yet. Because of the wrong thinking that we have never become aware of. We need to walk in the light that we do not sin. But a repentant attitude, a repentant person wants his sin exposed. And that is such a gift. To walk in the light, I'm an open book. Please tell me if you see something. An open book to the open book. An open book to the Holy Spirit. We walk in the light that we don't sin. So we don't sin. All right, I just want to end with this. The biggest test of repentance, or the best test of repentance, you could say, is how we relate with other people. Remember the two brothers. We can so get added bad attitudes about the brothers and sisters, our brothers and sisters, because they said and don't. Or they said they don't. And, and, and we're not patient enough until they change their mind and do. So, when we bring the good news of the gospel of repentance, the good news of repentance to others, how we do that is a big indicator of how repentant we are. How we bring the good news of repentance to those around us. Our brothers as well as the lost. Indicates how repentant we are. The other thing is how we receive the good news of repentance from others. Indicates how repentant we are. And then relating with those who do not yet see and believe. We do that every day. We relate with people who do not yet see and believe the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. And how we relate with them says a lot about how repentant we are. Remember the story of the, the unforgiving servant, the servant who owed his master so much, and his master forgave him. But he went out to someone who had wronged him and took him by the throat and said, Pay me what you owe. I don't think that servant had a good idea of how unpayable his own debt was. I get the feeling he wanted to go get everybody pay up to him so he could then go back and repay what was already forgiven. How we relate with others indicates how repentant we are. Repentance is a gift. Repentance is an attitude. Cherish the gift of repentance. Let's pray.